And most importantly, I believe in not fucking with anyone else who doesn't believe the same thing I do. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to Relax. We're all gonna die. I'm Jackie Dutton, here for today's Magical Mind Dump, and thank you so much for listening. On this show, I discuss topics that people have gotten way too uptight about, and I point out the Grim Reaper fact that is simply, relax, chill, boo. None of us make it out of this meat suit alive. So, you might as well lighten up. Or put simply, relax, we're all gonna die. Today I wanted to talk about an issue that typically surrounds most people's worries, fears, and anxieties about the lack of permanence of a human life. And that topic is religion. Yeah, sorry, I know it isn't polite to talk about religion or politics, but I've seen some pretty rude shit about one of those for quite a while on social media, so I guess religion might be fair game by now, right? Let's start with some hard statistical facts, since the hunt and peck version of stats is how people have made so many friends over politics. I would like to talk about some religious statistics, though. According to Wikipedia, over 70% of adults in the United States in 2016 claimed Christianity. And all over the world, it is still the highest percentage of believers, but at a much lower 30%. Within that majority of people generally believing the same thing, which I would consider to be the life and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you have smaller groupings of a more specified belief. The Catholics, Baptists, Methodists, Episcopalian, Mormons, Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah's Witnesses, Now, I grew up in Southern California, and in addition to growing up amongst racial diversity, I grew up with religious diversity. I'd probably now call it religious obliviousness, because unless someone's last name was Katzenberg or something like that, it was never super obvious which religion somebody was. Actually, no, I take that back. The one outlier that was kind of obvious was when somebody had seven siblings in school, and it usually meant they were Mormon. I'm not trying to be a dick about this. Mormon people I knew just had parents that typically got married young, and they had a lot of kids. So the people I knew in school had a ton of siblings. But sibling count aside, people's faiths weren't on display in California. And growing up, it seemed like a private family matter that nobody cared to share about at school for show and tell or something. Kids are really naturally curious, though. And and once you befriended someone for a while, that question might come up. But usually it wasn't something that people asked about. In my memory of growing up, I can recall the Mormon people being the absolute kindest. And, and I mean, if you genuinely think about it, the South Park guys made several episodes of South Park and wrote the Book of Mormon, completely trashing the Mormon religion. And last I checked, there was zero extremist response to that. Like, there's nobody trying to blow up a Broadway showing of the Book of Mormon, and there's definitely, I don't even think there's a protest outside. They're just a very forgiving group of people. I knew quite a few Mormons in school because there was actually a Mormon temple very close to my high school. 
And the few things I remember about being different about them versus other just generally Christian people was noting that they were more proud of their faith than others. Like, they grouped together, they talked often about their religion or, you know, going to temple or the different events that they would attend. They they were just openly proud about their religion. They were also brutally sexually repressed for a hormonal teenager at the time. And as I've gotten older, I realized that this type of repression is not isolated to Mormons necessarily. But at the time, they were the only people I knew who thought holding hands was like third base. They also selectively chose to date other Mormons because they were, I think, aware of this expectation to kind of stay within their church and marry within their church later in life as well. And to be honest, the more I heard, the more intense I thought it was. And even as a teenager, I I thought, like, the idea of a church being very forgiving on the outside to everyone and anyone, it kind of created a little dissonance and clashed with these crazy expectations of these kids growing up. And then you added to it these missions where my friend's brothers were sent off to foreign countries for two years, and they barely spoke any of the native language. They were sent there to spread the word of the Latter-day Saints. I just thought it was layers that piled up to be something I found a lot more complicated than just believing and being a good person modeled after Jesus Christ. But regardless of my thoughts on the rigidity of the Mormon religion, I tried my best to be understanding and not judgmental because they were really understanding and genuinely did not seem judgmental towards anyone else, despite how firm and fixed they were in their own faith. But aside from the fact that I noted different little quirks about the Mormon religion, I wasn't judgmental. I was just curious to see how people did different things. And I found it nice that even though they were proud and it was clearly very important to them, that they weren't judgmental towards anyone else who believed things differently, or at least not out loud, but they never came off as being judgmental at all. And I knew it was important to not be judgmental about somebody being different or having a different faith because I grew up in an extreme minority of Christianity myself that from time to time I have also seen culturally mocked as well. I was raised a Christian scientist. So most people don't know much about Christian science beyond the fact that the extreme believers don't believe in going to the doctor. They, and yeah, I'm going to say they and not we, there are extremes in every religion. And the people who give that religion a bad look and take it too far, for instance, the KKK considers their bullshit to work in the name of Christianity too. But Every single level-headed Christian would never, ever say that that has anything to do with their faith. So they, in the extreme outliers of Christian science, believe in the specific part of the Bible where Jesus goes around doing these magical healings and that if you only focus on how you were made in God's image and likeness, nothing can be wrong with you. God does not have cancer or break ankles or get colds. And I will be honest, the jump from Christianity to some spiritual beliefs that I have now 
weren't that big of a jump at all in comparison. But the extreme side of Christian science can manifest as the outright denial of medical issues that absolutely require human intervention. For instance, a child who winds up with type 1 diabetes isn't going to last very long on thoughts and prayers. You know what I mean? Aside from the extremes, though, Christian science to me was a really chill religion. It wasn't a forced march every single Sunday, but we went as often as we could. Our focus was mainly on the overarching message that everything immaterial is spiritual and real, and everything material is unreal. And in other words, not permanent. Now, you can take this as far as you want, but growing up it taught me that physical things were just things, and that your true form, your soul, is ultimately what matters and lives on beyond the material meat suit that we have while we live on a rock circling a ball of fire in our solar system placed within an infinite universe. One of the things I didn't realize I could appreciate about Christian science was that we didn't bother anyone else about it. Like, I wasn't being instructed to save people or show them the light. I never brought anyone to church with me, and I never even thought to try and sway someone's beliefs towards my own. It didn't occur to me at the time that other people even did that. Even the Mormon people I knew, they weren't looking to, like, recruit people out of high school. I lived my life up until I left for college in this weird, religious, free-range pasture. And... Barring the weird prejudices that sprung up because of 9-11, which happened while I was in high school, there was very uh, limited religious opinion felt where I lived. It should be noted that globally speaking, Islam ranks second highest for most believers in the world at 22%. But in the area I grew up in, though, there were not any that I knew of. But from what I could tell at the time, there was a variety of every kind of faith around me, but nobody really grouped up proudly in mass beside the Mormons, and nobody at all judged or bothered one another, no matter what you were. And then I moved to Alabama for college. <laughs> Look. If I had hoped to live a life unaware of religious judgment in the world, that was shot to shit the first night I spent in the central time zone. Very unlike my home of the Golden State, what religion I believed was one of the first things I was asked about, by people I considered to be strangers. It was the only thing I'd considered culture shock about living there. And people asked me that question all the time when I moved. They were like, oh my gosh, what a culture shock. Like, have you experienced such a culture shock moving from California to Alabama? And my response at the time and to this day still is, from what? There's nothing but white people and black people. There's no culture. In my mind, culture consists of a melting pot of diversity and foods and ideas and people speaking different languages. But... People who speak English, they're religious and poor, is not culture to me. Like, that's that's just a very, very narrowed down idea of America, right? Maybe that's just me. Anyway. But I was asked what religion I was. And at the time, I still aligned with the less extreme leanings of Christian science. First of all, 
I believe the first response I got when I told them I was a Christian scientist was, like Tom Cruise? Okay, sh- sure, <laughs> sure. In their minds, I was from California, so I must surf and be friends with movie stars. I guess it wouldn't be a big jump that the weird California girl believed the weird Hollywood religion, but I corrected them, and I was like, no, Christian science is a Christian faith. We just have an extra book in addition to the Old and New Testament of the Bible, and this extra book we study is called The Science and Health. So they had never even heard of Christian science, and second of all, I was then put through questioning about my religion like it was the fucking Spanish Inquisition. The only irony being that the people asking were Baptist and not Catholic. Now, when people ask me about my experiences of religion in the South, even having married a Southern man whose family is deeply religious, I will tell you that religion in the South goes like this. You are either Baptist, you're Catholic, or you're wrong. And that's it. It is usually made as clear as mud that they don't judge your slightly different beliefs by their famous phrase, bless your heart. When you hear that phrase, it's rarely a compliment or a message of gratitude for your actions. Instead, it's the kindest way they can tell you that they don't agree with you. I guess it's polite, in a way. I will tell you that the issue of religion in the South anchors by root a sort of groupthink that you have to live there to understand. It almost isn't their fault that they are unaware of other religions' beliefs or customs because they simply never meet many different people. I say almost because everyone has the internet, but then again, just because I've watched YouTube videos about how to fix an ice maker doesn't mean I want to be or hang out with ice maker repair people. It, it usually takes knowing firsthand and loving someone to be open to their differences from yours or to be comfortable with the idea that you will like people who don't always believe the same thing as you. But Southern people are very comforted by their bubbles of religion and the bubbles of a lack of religious diversity, much like I was comforted by the religious mind-your-own-business bubble I grew up with. So I guess you only know what you know. But I think the thing that made me laugh when they asked about my faith at the time was this feeling that they gave me. And it was like they had an answer. No, it was like they had the right answer. And I was going to fail some kind of a test I didn't know I was taking. The religious superiority feeling in the South is strong, like in the entire South. You will find people who aren't very religious at all or aren't very extreme, but I would say they are younger and much easier to find within the atmosphere of a college campus. But the second you leave the free thinking of the college campus bubble, it's a little harder to find. It is a very strange thing to be made to feel different because of your religion, especially when you're already aware that what you believe is also a minority. I didn't find myself hating anyone for not understanding my religion or not agreeing with it. Instead, I just observed this air of religious superiority with my own air of cultural superiority. I would think to myself, wow, 
I hope you never leave the environment you feel so accepted by, because you're in for a rude awakening the second you leave. See, the dominant religion of an area in a population can very quickly become this club or this source of social acceptance. Especially when you're being convinced that you're superior in helping people who believe differently than you. By trying to get them to join your club of people who think just like you. Then it's tied up in this identity, raised this way from birth, and the unspoken expectation to continue this legacy throughout your life and your children's lives and their children's lives. And then, bam, you've just created this systemic, never-ending club of membership dues. Or in other words, a tithe. I had no idea what a tithe was until college. I knew my parents gave money at church, but I didn't realize people promised whole percentages of their income, no matter what, to the church. It's also a tax write-off, I'm, I'm aware. But still, the thought was surprising. I'd obviously been aware of stories within Scientology about people giving money to the church, but I knew that to be something entirely different from a tithe. Another thing I observed as curious from people who acted like they had the answer, like I didn't, but they did, was the comment from a lot of Baptist people. And they would say this, they would say, well, we changed churches because I didn't like that preacher. So I need to explain this about Christian science, and it's similar to Catholicism in that a Christian science church, we receive the same message every Sunday, no matter which location you attend in the world. It isn't up to interpretation by one preacher or one individual within the 250 people of that church to disperse the word of God. So while I absorbed the curiosity and judgment for what I believed at the time, it was very interesting to me that they determined individually amongst themselves that they didn't align with messages from popular chosen people within their own faith. I found that to be even more curious than they probably found me. Needless to say, graduating and moving home to California was kind of a relief in the aspect of Southern religious scrutiny. And then I met a man from Alabama, a fellow alum, who'd been raised Southern Baptist, and I married him. His family is deeply religious, they don't drink, they attend church several times a week, and they say the blessing before every meal, no matter what food it is or where they are. The issue of my beliefs or ability to drink like a pirate is typically not discussed, just like how my husband is an astrophysicist. They are as polite and respectful as they possibly can be, especially when we decline the invitation to attend church whenever we're in town. And we are also as polite and respectful as possible as we could ever try to be, following practices that we normally wouldn't in the company of just ourselves. I can't exactly pinpoint a finite and swift moment in my mind when I slowly started moving away from a specific religion over to being more spiritual. But to this day, I don't think I'd completely dismiss it as not for me and never attend a Christian science church ever again. And although I consider myself very spiritual now, I would tell you that I believe I am spiritual because I used to be religious. 
whether you believe in heaven or hell or nothing or just there must be something but you don't know what that is, I think it all takes strength to stand firm in whatever that is. And I don't think anything is wrong with standing firm in a strict religious environment or preferring the breathing room of ideas that are just like, hey, let's just start with being a good person, you know? For me, spirituality has felt like whatever I needed it to be without demanding a specific set of rules or behaviors or lessons from me. And I have greatly appreciated my personal evolution with it over time. And I think most people evolve their relationship with religion or their beliefs over time as they grow and experience life. But one of the things I think forces you to quickly evaluate your religious or spiritual beliefs is the death of someone close to you, not the life. I think that whatever resolve you have about your faith is rocked and then resolved much deeper and further when the dust of grief settles. So I guess the idea of being able to relax, because we're all gonna die, might depend on how solid your faith is around what happens at the end of our human lives. Unlike the Baptists in my dorm, I do not believe there is a wrong answer to this question. I don't believe hell is a fiery place where a red dude with a pointy tail and a trident is just down there like running shit. I also don't believe having a weird old man wearing a dress who drizzles oily water on a baby ensures that they're going to grow up to be a good person. I believe everything is energy, and like attracts like, and I believe in gratitude and love and treating others how you want to be treated. I believe in being as kind to as many living things as possible. I believe in loving the earth because it's the only home our meat suits have. And most importantly, I believe in not fucking with anyone else who doesn't believe the same thing I do. When I was in middle school, I had a teacher talk about how the makeup of how humans think and what they believe, it's like rings on a tree trunk. And as the circles add and expand, it's a lot easier to penetrate and change the thoughts formed on the outer rings. But the innermost rings are the things ingrained upon you in your earliest years with your family, and they are very difficult to change once they're established. The religion you grew up with being one of these things. And unfortunately, some of your political beliefs that are formed as well. Not only did I grow up with the mind-your-business thought process to religion, but when I heard that explanation for how deeply personal most religion is to people, I wondered why anyone would even attempt to change someone's mind about what they believe. And why would you care to? I see people from time to time use religion like a shield for this shitty behavior, and let me say, if anything stays back in 2020 besides COVID, I really hope it's that. The same people who claim religious superiority of the right to life also loudly claim it's their choice whether or not they want to wear a mask. On the flip side, I've also now seen the social justice warrior, which I've now come to see as a horse of a different color to the religious whack jobs, they want to restrict the peaceful freedom for those who find quiet comfort in their communities of faith and togetherness. Okay, last I checked, Target wasn't fucking protected by the First Amendment, but that bullseye bitch was open from 7 a.m. to midnight the week leading up to Christmas. Yeah, can't go to church with masks on, but thank God Target's fucking open and it's packed. 
praise Santa. Yeah, all I'm saying is everybody needs to check their irony and mind their own business. 2021 has finally started. And are we relieved that a shitty year is over? Sure. This one's off to a bang. But any excuse to be grateful with the mindset of forward thinking. There's some kind of hope, some kind of light at the end of the tunnel happening right now. And I'm glad people are setting reasonable expectations and just hoping for that forward and upward progress of the new year. But if we're continuing on a trend of any kind for 2021, let's continue the trend of minding our own fucking business, okay? Here's my New Year's resolution. Start a business. Mind your own. Get off Instagram for all the reasons I talk about in episode one and more. Move away from consuming other people's thoughts and opinions about irrelevant shit. If concealer, coconut oil, or dry shampoo can't fix it, just let it go. And if you know in your heart that you are a good person, then I promise it is enough. Stop letting the comment section of someone else's post fuck up your vibe. That is as insane as listening in to someone else's church service and deciding it must be some kind of attack against yours. It isn't, okay? Wake up every day to do your own shit. Focus on your own life. Move forward, even if it's just a little bit. And be as kind as possible along the way. More likes, less comments. You feel me? Eventually, I truly believe you will attract what you put out. So, that's the Jackie Dutton motivational message for the beginning of 2021. Remember, relax. We're all gonna die. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next one.